Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Your natural role is in support of the man. Great exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today we are on part five of six, where we are talking the feminization of sports, how it happened, when it happened, where it happened, what caused it, where it's going, and why it matters. So before we get into that, first, let me tell you about it. I have a daily text message that I will send you every day called the Daily Motivation guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. You want to receive it, just text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894. Send a text to that number, and every day when I send out the daily motivation, you shall receive. Now, let's get right into our points here. We are picking up on point number 13. If you have not listened to the first four episodes of this series, you must so that you can keep up with the story exactly where this is going because I built this whole thing from the beginning, so I want to make sure you get every piece. So point number 13. The fastest way to be accepted by the masses these days, in other words, to build your brand, to be famous, to be accepted, to be relevant, as people like to say, is what? Social media. Many of you don't even think of anything other than social media of getting yourself seen, heard and known. There are other ways, but the fastest way is via social media. The program on social media, meaning the process and the strategy that is the likeliest to work, not saying there aren't others. But the most likely one to work on social media these days is to follow the agenda of Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley has a specific agenda. So their agenda is non-traditional. It is extremely liberal. And it is heavily LGBT favoring and feminine. That's their agenda. So if you want to be super famous in Silicon Valley's world of the social media apps, Here's what you do. I'm not saying you have to do this, but if you want to get super famous as fast as possible with the highest probability of it working, here's what you need to be. Non-traditional, 
very liberal, heavily LGBT, and feminine. If you are any of the others, if you are traditional, if you have Christian values, if you are conservative, if you are not into the LGBT and you are masculine, you could still succeed, but it's going to be harder. It's going to be a much more steep hill that you have to climb. This is why sports has become more feminized, because Silicon Valley is in bed with the sports networks such as ESPN, also with the traditional media like newspapers, New York Times, people like that, and the sports world. Now, the NBA is very popular on social media, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. They're very popular on those apps. NFL is not as popular on the apps, but it's getting there. It's trying to get there. It's working to get there because the NFL football is even more traditional and more Christian than basketball. So basketball was able to flip into the Silicon Valley program much faster and easier than football did. But football's trying to get there. They're working to get there. I would suggest if I was in control of the big picture where football is going, I would say it's a bad idea because just like I told you with other entities like ESPN, they're going to abandon a lot of their diehard fans. But I don't think anything's going to stop that train from the direction that's going, at least as of this recording. Anything could happen any given day, but that's where they are right now. This is why sports is becoming feminized. This right here, because this is what works in Silicon Valley. This is why we now have a culture of participation trophies. The reason why is because participation trophies are a feminine idea, is a feminine energy thing. I'm not saying it means you're a woman to have a participation trophy. What I'm saying is it's a feminine idea to include more people, give everybody a chance. That's not masculine energy. Masculine energy is there's going to be a winner and it's going to be me. And I'm going to make sure that I'm that person. I'm going to do what it takes to get there. Feminine energy is, well, everybody isn't winning, but let's figure out a way that everybody can feel like a winner. Masculine energy doesn't think that way. This is a feminine thing. This is why a man can decide that he's a woman, spend a whole season on a woman's sports team at a D1 college. And none of the big sports news sites say anything about it. It's not that they didn't know about it. See, and here's the interesting thing about the whole Leah Thomas thing that I talked about in episode 2121. The interesting thing about it is that they didn't do a segment and defend it. They just did a segment and said nothing because I know these sports networks such as ESPN, they're waiting to see what direction the wind blows on this. And as soon as the wind blows strong in one direction, that's when they're going to talk about it. If the wind blows strong and the LGBT thing takes over and it's widely accepted, they're going to do a segment on the Leah Thomas thing and they'll talk about it in a positive way. If it blows strong against it, they will either not talk about it at all or they'll come out and they'll say some things against it after the season's over, after all the damage has already been done. But who knows where that's going to go? I mean, Leah Thomas might keep swimming. This is why the feminization of sports, this is why women's sports leagues and athletes in women's sports at the pro level, let's just say, they can complain that they're not making the same kind of money as the men's sports leagues, this is the, the women's soccer team, national team, the WNBA. They can complain that they're not making as much money as they see the men making. And while the simple economic facts prove that their sports do not generate the same kind of money, so there's no way that they can make the same amount of money, and they shouldn't even be making the same percentage-wise, it shouldn't be that. Nobody can say that out loud without losing their jobs. Nobody who has a job in sports can say that out loud without getting fired from that job. This is why. 70% of the players in the NFL can be black and millionaires. The NFL has produced more black millionaires than any other industry and any other job in the world. Yet, there's still this ongoing narrative that the NFL is somehow quietly, subtly racist because there aren't enough black people working on the sidelines. The coaches who make significantly less money than the players and in number 
are significantly less than the players. NFL's created more black millionaires than any other job, but they're somehow racist because they don't have enough black people. If you really think about that, how crazy that is, the facts don't matter, people. The facts don't matter if and when the facts do not go along with the prevailing agenda. And the prevailing agenda is the feminization of sports. This is my thesis statement right here. Point number 14. Today's topic, once again, we are on part five or six of feminization of sports. The counteraction against this, because some of you might be wondering, well, Dre, what can we do? I understand everything that you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. This makes a ton of sense. You're a genius, Dre. What is the counteraction against this feminization of sports? Counteraction is the same agenda that I gave you back in episode 1863 for bringing masculinity back. It starts with us, all of us, bringing masculine men back, celebrating the masculinity of men, allowing men to be masculine. Men out there who are listening, tap into your masculine. Women out there, tap into your feminine so men can be their natural masculine. Women out there, stop trying to be men. Women out there who are raising young boys, stop trying to turn them into women. Let them be men. Allow them to be men. And we will bring more masculine men in. We have more masculine men. The populace will rise up and masculinity will be popular again. Right now, masculinity is fighting right now. It's fighting for its existence. Men who are raised by other masculine men, we need. We need men who are not being raised by women to be feminine. We don't need more men who are being raised to be women. We need men who actually have some balls and are willing to use them. Men who are able to look at things objectively, logically, rationally, factually, rather than emotionally, and who are willing to espouse and embody that thinking in their day-to-day lives in and out of sports. We need men who understand that their natural role as a man is in a leadership position and that a woman's natural role is in support of the man and a man who is willing to take his role and women who are willing to play their roles. Women who are listening to what I just said, your natural role is in support of the man. That does not mean that you are lesser than a man. It doesn't mean you can't be no powerful and have a job and a career and do all the things that you want to do. Your natural role is with a man and in support of a man in your feminine so that the man can be in his masculine, period. The more of that we have, the more masculine men we will bring back and we will get sports back to its masculine area that it belongs. This is what we need men to be. We need men to stop being followers and start being leaders. We need men to stop being overly emotional, stop being victims, stop being weak, and be men. Look up, again, masculinity and femininity traits and the attributes of masculine energy and the attributes of feminine energy. Men and women look at this and ask yourself, which one are you living in? Are are there women who are listening to this? Are you living in your masculine too much? Because if you are, you're pushing away masculine men because it can't be two of you in the same house. Men, are you living in your feminine energy too much? Because if you are, then either you're pushing the feminine women away or you're not allowing your woman to be in her feminine because you're taking up all the feminine air in the room. All right, be a man again so she can go back to being feminine. This is what we need. And this starts society-wise, but then it will move into the sports world. This is what we need to counteract all this. Point number 15. Today's topic, again, we are on part five of six, the feminization of sports. Number 15. I'm going to close my argument here in this series with a few points. So it's still one more episode, but I'm going to close my argument here on this episode with a few points. I'm going to juxtapose two athletes that everyone's familiar with. Many people like to compare and contrast them against each other. Michael Jordan and LeBron James. 
these are the two guys that most basketball fans have agreed are the two best players of all time in whatever order you choose. That's not the argument here. I think both players are amazing basketball players. I think we all can agree. Probably the two best players of all time. Again, you rank them how you wish. I'm a fan of both of them as players. Though I know neither one of these men personally, we can see a lot of their personalities through the media and the media that they themselves have produced. LeBron's produced a lot of media. He's a social media baby, so he's produced a lot of his own media and puts out his own stories about himself all the time. Michael Jordan, most recently through the 2020 series called The Last Dance, that was basically about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. He had a final say on everything that went into that documentary. So they both have put some media out about themselves. And I think both of them have artfully explained exactly who they are and the kind of energy that they carry on the day to day. Let's look at it. LeBron James. And if LeBron was here listening to me, I think he would agree with everything that I'm saying here. And if he didn't, he can challenge it. Any of any of you wish to challenge it on LeBron's behalf, please do. LeBron James is notoriously passive aggressive. Now, anyone who follows basketball knows that LeBron James is a passive aggressive guy. Not necessarily a negative thing. I do consider it a feminine trait. Passive aggression is a feminine trait. Doesn't mean he's a bad person. Doesn't mean he's any less of a basketball player or any less of a man, but it's just a feminine trait. He is notoriously passive aggressive. He has, over the years, he has you know, subtweeted his teammates, meaning he says something on Twitter where he's talking about one of his teammates, but he doesn't say who he's talking about. And everybody's kind of reading the TV as well. Who's LeBron talking about? I consider that that is a passive aggressive thing to do. I consider it a feminine thing to do, not something that I would do, but he likes to do it. In the media, he uses the media and social media to send messages to people without doing so directly. Again, passive aggressive. While I hold no judgment against LeBron for this on a personal level or even from the outside looking in, these are objectively feminine behaviors. What I do judge, LeBron has bought and marketed strongly the party line that black people are victims in America. He has even said on his own Twitter, he said this, that every day when we, referring to black people, go outside, we are being hunted down every time we leave our houses by cops and white supremacists. That is a egregiously ridiculous thing to say on many, many levels that I don't even want to talk about it. He said that himself on social media, and he's made these statements and stood behind them. He actually would defend statements like this. He made some statements about in the Kyle Rittenhouse situation when that kid was on trial for the shooting situation that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. LeBron stuck his nose into that conversation with some comments basically against Kyle Rittenhouse. And he has bought into the entire Silicon Valley thing. LeBron's bought into it 100%. And I do believe that there is no coincidence that LeBron James is super popular on social media, notwithstanding the fact that he's one of the best basketball players of all time. But the fact that he buys into the agenda while at the same time being a great basketball player, do you think that helps multiply his audience and his reach? I believe that it does. If you don't, you can tell me why. I believe that plays a role. If LeBron was the same quality of player, but he had the same views that, let's just say, I have, would he be as popular on social media? I don't think so, given what I've already explained to you about how social media works and who's in charge and what their agenda is. Again, not a condemnation of LeBron, just an observation. So we know the agenda he's bought into. Now let's look at Michael Jordan, on the other hand. Talked about him in episode 1217, Virtual Mentors episode. Michael Jordan, on the other hand, as a player, I think we all can agree. Michael Jordan was the embodiment of toxic masculinity. Michael Jordan was an asshole. He was direct aggressive, and 
he is 100% open about it and proud of it. If you watch the ESPN documentary series called The Last Dance, Michael Jordan told you. He said, it was a clip on there where he said, I'm going to ridicule you even if you're on my teammate. You're my coworker. I'm going to ridicule you every day until you step your performance up to be as good as I am. He said that and he said it with a smile on his face. He was proud of himself for saying it. Michael Jordan is the embodiment of being toxic masculine. Any of you read Tim Grover's book, Relentless? Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's trainer. Tim Grover's book, Relentless, a great book, is pretty much he took Michael Jordan's mindset and wrote a book about it. Tim and his co-author wrote a book about Michael Jordan's mindset. That's pretty much what that book is. Michael Jordan's mindset. And since Michael Jordan couldn't write it, Tim Grover wrote it. Tim and his author wrote it. All Michael Jordan cared about was being the best. All he cared about was winning at all costs. Winning at all costs, by the way, if you look up the scale of masculinity and femininity, the wounded masculine, as they call it, meaning when you are in an extreme of masculinity to where it can become problematic for you, one of the traits of the wounded masculine is trying to win at all costs. Michael Jordan said verbatim in his docuseries that he created and that wouldn't have come out if he didn't okay it. He said, my thing was to win at any cost. He said that those are his exact words. Michael Jordan was toxic masculine. The exact opposite from what LeBron James is, even though they're both great players. Michael Jordan only cared about being the best, dominating his opponents, toxic masculine. Being recognized by everyone as the number one guy in his space, toxic masculine. If Michael Jordan was disappointed in a teammate, he would attack them directly, toxic masculine ridiculing and attacking them until they either stepped their game up or they wilted under the pressure of his constant attacks. Toxic masculine. Michael Jordan was the embodiment of being a toxic masculine man. In personality alone, Michael Jordan was much more Donald Trump than Barack Obama. Anyone wants to challenge me on that? You reach out to me, you tell me why. Michael Jordan wanted to dominate and be recognized as dominant, and he would accept nothing less. That's all he cared about. All he cared about was being the best at what he did, and everybody was going to either get in line or get out of his way or get ran over. Those are the only options you had. Read Tim Grover's book. That is Michael Jordan's mindset in a book. Read the book. And he says it in so many words. He says it directly. If Tim Grover was listening to me right now, he'd be nodding his head. He would agree with every single thing that I'm saying. This was the extreme of masculinity. It's the energy that sports were and are still built on. People are just trying to attack the foundation of it. But this is what sports are built on. And this is one of the reasons why men, when we are in our masculine, we revere a guy like Michael Jordan. Some men who exist in their masculine revere Michael Jordan and are big fans of Michael Jordan. They're virtual mentors of his like they are, like he is to me. Some of you men who may vacillate when you're in your masculine, the Michael Jordan energy is the energy you're after. Now, while LeBron James, as I said, he's an amazing player. I believe he's, after Michael Jordan, he's the best player that has played the game of basketball, in my opinion. The energy LeBron puts out is much more feminine, is much less direct. Even in conflict, he's not as direct. This is not the energy that sports is traditionally built on. Again, this is not saying, I'm not saying LeBron is destroying sports or anything like that. But this is not the energy that sports are built on. And again, this is not making LeBron James wrong in any way. And it's not saying that he needs to change in any way. He is who he is. I mean, LeBron James is notoriously raised by a single mother. He doesn't even know his father. You think that plays a part in his feminine energy? Michael Jordan was raised by a mother and father. And his drive, his strongest drive that drove him to success in life 
was trying to please his father. Do you think that plays a role in his masculine, toxic masculine energy? Just a thought. Think about it. And it's an artful comparison between these two men, how both of them are great on the basketball court, great at their job, but they did it with completely different energies. And also notice how one generation who grew up without the social media tends to lean towards one guy as the man and will argue tooth and nail to defend him. And the other generation who was raised with their phones and raised by social media tends to favor the other guy and will argue tooth and nail to defend him. And notice how our social values of each generation tend to lean towards the energies that each of these guys embodies. As they say, art imitates life. All that said, let's recap today's class, which is part five of six on the feminization of sports. Point number 13, the fastest way to be accepted by the masses these days is via social media. The program of social media is a completely different agenda than what is going on in the sports world. But if you want to be popular on social media, you got to follow what Silicon Valley wants. Non-traditional, liberal, LGBT, feminine. This is why sports is becoming feminized. This is why women's sports leagues can complain they're not making enough money, even though women's sports leagues don't make any money. So they shouldn't be complaining at all. This is why 70% of the players in the NFL can be black millionaires, yet the NFL is somehow still racist because they don't have enough black coaches. Again, makes no sense. The facts don't matter if they do not go along with the prevailing agenda on social media and social media is where a lot of us get our cues and our news from. And the prevailing agenda is the feminization of sports. Point number 14, the counteraction against this agenda is what I gave you in the episode on 1863, how we bring masculinity back. We need more masculine men, which means we need more feminine women so that men can get to their space where they belong. We need men in their leadership roles. We need men who are objective, logical, rational, factual, not emotional, who are willing to espouse and embody that thinking in their day-to-day lives in and out of sports, who understand that their natural role is in a leadership position, that a woman's natural role is in a supporting position, so that man can step up and be a leader as he is supposed to be, not being a follower, so that a woman can support him where she's supposed to be. The point number 15, I will close my argument here, at least this episode, but juxtaposing the athletes, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, both amazing players. Well, LeBron is passive-aggressive. He subtweets. He uses social media to send messages. I don't hold a judgment against the guy for this, but these are feminine behaviors. He has bought the party line of everything that social media has put out from social justice stuff to cops to white supremacy. He's bought all of that stuff and put it out in his own words. Michael Jordan, on the other hand, was the embodiment of toxic masculinity, when at all costs, said in his own words. He cared about being the best, dominating, being recognized as number one. He would ridicule and attack his teammates, make them wilt under his pressure. He was much more Trump than Obama. He wanted to dominate and be recognized as dominant and would accept nothing less. And you notice how one generation reveres and favors Michael Jordan. Another generation reveres and favors LeBron James. At the same time, these are the people who are a little bit older, more traditional, grew up before social media. And the other group, younger, non-traditional, grew up with social media, generally speaking. Art imitates life, folks. And I'm going to lay out three more things in tomorrow's final episode of this series. So two things for you to do. Number one, get my daily motivation text free of charge by texting me at 305-384-6894. Number two, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com so you can join my Bulletproof Mastermind and my Third Day Mastermind where you can work with me in group or one-on-one respectively. That's at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. 
I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge, 305-384-6894.